Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, it's not every day you get to talk to a Pulitzer Prize winner, but that is my fate today. It is my great, great privilege to be talking to Gordon Wood, a man who knows more about the founding fathers than just about anybody I know. Gordon, first of all, thank you so much for joining me on the Infinite Wisdom Podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. You've got a book out. It's called Friends Divided, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. It came out last year in hardcover. It is now out in paperback, in large print, by the way, which let me just say, Gordon, I love this large print. I love this edition that you have. This, I, Whatever you think of the hardcover, and I'm sure it was great, this is, the, this is an awesome edition. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so uh, I oh. look forward to seeing the new version. You're going to love it. That's number one. Number two, let's get right to it here. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson. How could two men that had so little in common end up having so much in common? Well, they agreed on the revolution. And, and when they met in 1775 in Philadelphia in the Continental Congress, they both were advocates for independence. And that brought them, brought them together. Uh, and then, of course, when they were later in the 1780s, they were both ministers abroad, and they Jefferson's a widower at this point, and he becomes a, a member of the Adams family, so to speak. He takes John Quincy, the young Adams boy, to concerts and to museums, and they intermingle socially, and, and Jefferson becomes, he's impressed by the by Abigail, he becomes a member of their family, so to speak. Uh, and, and I think that's when the, the relationship was, was deeply enriched. Uh, but, of course, what happens in the 1790s, they divide over the French Revolution and over politics uh, and, and really become opponents, with uh, Adams becoming the presidential candidate of the Federalist Party and Jefferson becoming the presidential candidate of his own Republican Party, which he and James Madison, his friend, had created in the 1790s. So the election of 1800, which uh, was, uh, I think, the most scurrilous election in our history, deeply divided the nation and divided these two men. Uh, Adams loses to Jefferson, and he's deeply humiliated, and he refuses to attend the inauguration of, of uh, of Jefferson and gets on the 4 a.m. stage to to Quincy, uh, and and uh, they didn't speak to one another until 1812, when uh, a mutual friend, Dr. Benjamin Rush, uh, who knew both of them really very well, especially Adams, brings them back together again. He works at it for two years, and then the two men exchange letters for the rest of their lives. About 158 letters with Adams writing twice as many as, as Jefferson's, uh, until their death, which, of course, occurred, occurred on the, uh, the same day, July 4th, uh, 1826, exactly 50 years uh, after the declaration in 1776, a kind of uh, jubilee celebration, and, and it seemed providential to the nation. They, they knew God was somehow dictating this coincidence, an amazing coincidence, that the two men should die on the same day. Their correspondence and some of the—we all know why the Founding Fathers are so impressive and the things that were on their plate and all that. But Adams, for example, in, in, in just 
the letters that he wrote and the things that he wrote in his diary, for example, and I know you you were like, I, when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Before he meets Abigail, he's wooing another young lady that he might or might not marry. But there's something with her that he's just not sure he sold on. And he writes, quote, the head and the heart share no correspondence. And I'm like, that's the most poetic thing I think I've ever read, read before. Oh, his letters, Adams's letters are unbelievable. He, he, his letters and his diary are, are the, the most fantastic uh, documents in, in American literature, I think. Uh, but his public uh, publications, so the ones that he tried to write about political theory, are so turgid and, and so, so unreadable. But all of his letters are just full of imagery, and, and uh, uh, they're just uh, delightful. Um, he, he, he's a marvelous stylist when he writes privately to himself in his diary or to other people in his letters. If he, if he knows them well, he'll, he'll just be, uh, his, his, his correspondence is, is, uh, is much better, I think, than, than Jefferson's. Well, one of the things I learned about this book, and I don't know as much about Jefferson as I obviously should, but I, I come away going, well, man, would I like that guy or not? What Adams wrote about him was that, and I loved, again, the way he wrote it, but you can never be an hour in this man's company without something of the marvelous, meaning this is John Quincy Adams saying that, meaning he was right. prone to telling bravado tales about himself. Well, that's right. And, of course, the Adamses have that, uh, at that point, uh, John Quincy's writing about uh, the early early 1800 in the when, when the alienation had already taken place, he had gone to, as a congressman, he went to one of Jefferson's dinner parties, which Jefferson tended to, to have uh, to woo the Congress. He's a very astute politician, Jefferson. And John Quincy is, is invited. And so he has, because his father's been alienated from Jefferson, he, uh, he's uh, suspicious of Jefferson. And Jefferson did uh, tend to uh, perhaps exaggerate his own talents uh, when he said that in, uh, in a dozen days going across uh, going across the Atlantic, he learned Spanish by reading Don Quixote with a with a dictionary. Uh, that's a little. Uh, that's John Quincy felt that that was a little uh, an, of an exaggeration. As you studied these guys, and I know you've done this for ever since for your whole life, basically you've known these Adams in particular. But is there something that you learned in doing this book that you said? Wow, that's really interesting. Or that's something that at this point in my life I'm considering in a different way. Is there something about each of these guys that just continues to grab you? Yes, I think I, I was originally going to write just about Adams, but my editor said, well, why don't you compare him to Jefferson? And I'm glad he made that suggestion because I think I learned more about each of them by pitting them one against the other. And I realized how much Adams uh, disagreed with what we might call the mainstream myths and dreams by which Americans live, uh, especially the notion of all men are created equal. Uh, Adams took that on so directly, uh, and it makes him an outsider in our culture because that's not how Americans uh, think. We, we don't want to believe that we are created unequal at birth and there's not much you can do about it. We, we put a lot of emphasis on education, as did Jefferson. Jefferson believed that whatever um, inequalities that arise among us are due to the environment, and if we can just educate people properly, we will we'll bring them together. Uh, Adam said that not 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 going to work. He had not much confidence in education. He had not much confidence in democracy. So Adams is uh, an outlier in our history. He's a realist. 
He fears power, and he made tremendous contributions to our notion of constitutionalism, to checks and balances, to separation of powers. Uh, he's not confident, however, in, in, uh, in our virtue. He said we are not a special people. We have no special role to play in the world. He's the ultra-realist, if you will, uh, a cynic, pessimist maybe, you, but he certainly is not uh, part of a mainstream of our, um, of our dreams and, and myths. And, and perhaps he's a necessary corrective to our uh, enthusiasm for, for democracy. At any rate, he differs from Jefferson in, in fundamental ways. What I find fascinating about him, and I know i got to let you go in a minute here, is that Jefferson, I think, feels like he was born into this. He was always supposed to be great. He was going to be great when the moment arose. Adams, on the other hand, I think always it seemed like he was always struggling. He was pushing that hill, that rock up that hill, and he wasn't sure at, at points in his life where he was. And that's why I find him so interesting is that they're so fundamentally different. That's right. And temperament, and, and, and you're absolutely right. Jefferson was, was, well, he's kind of a, I suppose to say, the first limousine liberal. He's born in, into, uh, into, into patriarchy. He's, got, uh, he's a slaveholder. He inherits land and slave from his father and then his father-in-law. He never has to uh, work a day in his life. He becomes a lawyer, but he's not really interested in it. He doesn't need it. It's not the source of his income. Uh, Adams, on the other hand, is a hard-working attorney, and, and whatever wealth he acquired, he acquired it from his, from his law practice. Uh, they, they have very different backgrounds and come from very different societies. And, in fact, it's amazing that they came together at all. Uh, so different were they in temperament and in background. Our conversation is far too brief, Gordon, because I love this. I can't tell you, and I mean, I'm, I know this will sound like I'm kidding, but this book is so friggin' good, I can't tell you. Thank you for writing it. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. The book is absolutely phenomenal, as I just said. I can't say it enough. Friends Divided is the name of it. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. The author is Gordon Wood. Trust me, people. If you want to know anything about the history of this country, you need to read this book. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.